0: We are looking again this morning at Matthew chapter 1. Um, Matthew chapter 1 reveals the lineage of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Thank you for turning me up. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Son of David, the Son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah, the father of Perez. And by Tamar. We talked about Tamar last week. And Perez, the father of Hezron. And Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Amenadab. And Amenadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. Uh, I'll not read the rest of the verses because Rahab is who we're talking about today. Last week, we dealt with the first of the list of four women listed in the genealogy of Jesus, women who are somewhat of questionable repute, and yet they are listed not only in the lineage of David the king, but of the king of kings, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. The fact that they are listed in that genealogy is a testimony of the grace of God. And yet, each one has their own story to tell. Each one bears a message to us today. And I told you last week, I cut my teeth in as, as a young pastor near about 100 years ago, uh, listening to guys like Oliver B. Green. Some of you are not old enough to have any idea who Oliver B. Green was, um, And with Chuck Swindoll, oddly enough, Chuck Swindoll is still around, still preaching. But I probably, you know, I have to be who I am and preach the way I preach. But I probably fell somewhere halfway in between Oliver B. Green and Chuck Swindoll. And that may be scary to you who know who those people are. But the thing about Chuck Swindoll, his program was called Insight for Living. One of the things I learned from Chuck Swindoll's preaching is the importance of a biblical application. Now, you know that I major on reading the Bible and reading large portions. And the temptation when you do that is to fall into the trap of majoring on biblical trivial pursuit. That you can win all the games, you know, of biblical trivial pursuit. And that's not what it's all about. What it is all about is finding the truth of God's Word and learning how to make practical application of His Word to our lives today. Now, the story of Rahab was written long ago. It's an ancient story. And yet, as you listen, my prayer is that you will hear that it applies to today. I got some messages um, on Facebook last week uh, specifically from women who said that the message of Tamar was encouraging to them because they had lived a portion of what she lived. The same thing is true with Rahab. I want us to look at Rahab. We're talking about shady ladies in the lineage of Jesus, and yet messages of grace and practical message. And the message of Rahab, her story is a story of faith and deliverance, and it comes from Joshua chapter 2, most of the entire chapter, and I will read about half of that chapter during the message today, so hang on a little bit. In fact, we'll get into Joshua chapter 6 somewhere along the way. As we look at her story of faith and deliverance, I want you to notice, first of all, her sordid profession. Those of you who are taking notes the highlighted words are the words that need to be and the fill in the blanks and that's true for those of you who've downloaded that and printed it if you're watching the live stream also realize that somebody might actually go to our website and watch this message a year from now and the truth same is still true the notes are there you can download them you can fill in the blanks notice her sorted profession it says in Joshua chapter 2 Joshua the son of Nun Sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab, and they lodged there. Now, isn't it ironic that the very first name of anyone in the promised land is the name Rahab? She's the first name we know. Now, we'll hear a lot of other names as we read through the Old Testament with the book of Joshua about the conquering of the land. But the first name we hear is of a prostitute, and her name was Rahab, by the way. uh, Just in case you've read some of the scholars who say, Well, she really wasn't a prostitute. She was uh, an innkeeper. I'm sorry. You can try to make it better than it is. It's not... Uh, she, the, the word that's used in the Hebrew language means prostitute. If you want to look it up in Greek, it means prostitute. And she is called prostitute in other places. It's amazing how God can use people you would think He could never use. And if you think He cannot use you, you're wrong. If you feel that you are beyond help, beyond forgiveness you're wrong you do not understand the grace of almighty God not only was she the first person that we know about in the promised land she seemed to have been a wealthy person Um, okay so I lived a dozen years in Kenya East Africa and I have to admit I was very naive when, when I got there, there were a certain group of women. Occasionally you'd see a woman, and she was dressed in really nice clothes. And her hair, instead of wearing a scarf, she had long hair and it was fixed up. I mean, she was wearing makeup. And, and I thought, well, there is a lady who's really taking care of herself. didn't take me long living there to find out she's taking care of herself because that is her profession. Those were the prostitutes in, in the land. Uh, They had the money to do that. Well, Rahab was a wealthy person. You say, how do you know that? She owned her own home. Did you notice that? Joshua said, go to the home, the house of Rahab. We find out later that her house was in a prime location. It was built into the city wall. Jericho was known for its wall. Her house was literally a part of the city wall wall she was in a prime she had prime property not only that but she was well known later in the story the king hears that spies have come into the land and they are at the home of Rahab the harlot Rahab the prostitute her place was known the king said go there you'll forgive me if I speculate if the king had been there before because he knew where it was she she was well to do she was well known by the way it's also it makes sense that spies who are trying to come into a land secretly would go to a brothel because there's a lot of traffic there and nobody there wants to be recognized I mean it's like two baptists in the liquor store neither of whom recognizes the other okay and, and that's the way it was in the brothel. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, they, if you go there, you are anonymous. Nobody recognizes each other, and so it was a perfect place for the spies to go without being recognized. It's also a place where, if you do strike up a conversation, it's it's like you ladies in your beauty shop. Man, all the beauty shops are closed. I, I tell you, if if I can't find somebody to cut my hair. I'm going to end up getting a perm instead of a haircut. But it's it's like you ladies in going to the beauty shop. If you want to know what's going on in the world, just go and sit in the beauty shop and listen for a little while. And, And so it's a perfect place for the spies to go. But it was also something that was done in the providence of God. You see, you might be shocked at some of the places that you find faith. And what a blessing it is. Brenda and I have traveled a little bit, (laughs) 70 countries in the world, and it is a blessing when you go into a place where you don't know anyone and you find someone of faith. And the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, by faith Rahab the prostitute, see, that's what it means. Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies they found a person of faith when it, they went into the land of the enemy listen to me you may find faith in the place you least expect it do not presume and do not judge when you meet someone be very careful about being judgmental we are warned in the new testament that with the measure that you judge someone else whatever ruler whatever measuring stick you're using on them it will be used on you that's a severe warning be careful about judging be careful about condemning and realize you may find play, faith in places you would never expect it Those spies found faith in the God of Israel in Jericho, the first city in the promised land, the city they would conquer. It's also a message that I started out with about Rahab. No one is disqualified from faith in God. You, no matter who you are, qualify for the grace of God if you come to Him in faith in Jesus Christ well I want you to notice also her brave decision her brave decision Uh, you see in in the in the verses after it says it was told the king of Jericho behold men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land then the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying bring out the men who have come to you who entered your house for they have come to search out the land But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. Now, I want to get you to think about something. The king says two spies have come from Israel. We don't know, Tim, whether she knew already that they were Israelites or if she found out when a message came from the king and she responded by hiding them. The language might indicate that she had already done so, but that's not necessarily true. She may have heard who they were and then responded by hiding them, and then after hiding them, she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. That may be the truth. She may have told the truth, but then she says, And when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I do not know where the men went. That's not true. Pursue them quickly. This is the misdirection. You will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hid them with the stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after them on the way to the Jordan as far as the fords and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Now, I want you to notice about her decision. She had a specific order from the king to turn the men over to to the king. That would have meant their lives. That would have ended their mission for the nation of Israel. Whether she knew before or not that they were from Israel, after the king sent the message, she lied to protect them. She deceived the king and she hid the spies. You know, somewhere along the way, we need to understand. We need to decide where our greatest Loyalty lies. I'm a patriot. I believe very strongly in this nation. Living in several other countries through the years has made me appreciate the United States of America. I tear up when I see the flag, when I see a procession bearing the flag. I tear up when the national anthem is is played. I tear up every time I see a video of a soldier returning home. I am a patriot. But more than anything else, I'm, my, most, my greatest loyalty is not to the United States of America. My greatest loyalty is to King Jesus. And when there comes a time that I have to choose between my government and my king, I will choose my king. Now, we're struggling right now under the coronavirus and the, and the rules that have been laid down for us. And some of my friends have disappointed me because they've taken the stand that there is never a time that you disobey the government. And I would say to you that when it comes to the choice between obeying God and His kingdom and our nation and its rulers, we better choose to obey God. We will stand before God, and by the way, so will our rulers, our government officials. They will answer to God for the rules that they have set. It's your choice. And I'm not going to condemn you Because you choose to shelter at home, but I've been called to a ministry and I will not walk away from it. I choose God. I want you to notice not only her decision but her amazing confession—a confession of faith in in verses eight through eleven. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men. I know that the Lord. What does it mean when you see that word all caps in the Old Testament? That is, We say Jehovah. That is Yahweh. Yahweh. I know that the Lord has given you the land. She just named the God of Israel. She is a pagan living in a pagan land and she just named by name the God of Israel and said, I know that He has given you the land. That's amazing. By the way, I I, I probably get ahead of myself with my slides, but I need to say this now. Twelve men went into the land under Moses. Ten of those men died because they didn't know this they didn't know they did not believe they had no faith in god they re- reacted to what they saw in fear and died because of their fear died corey without ever seeing the land what if they had known what if they'd reacted by faith instead of by fear. I know that my God will protect me. Let me say this about the virus, and I know you're tired of hearing about it, but you deserve to hear your pastor's point of view. Just in case I get the virus, and just in case I die of the virus, don't you dare say he shouldn't have been at church. You say, he's been promoted. What is the worst that can happen to me? I get to go to heaven. Hello? I get to go to heaven. And I'm not necessarily in a hurry, but I'm not sad to go. I believe God. He said, I know, she said, I know that the Lord's given you the land, that the fear of you has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. I can't help but think of those ten spies. She said, For we've heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. We've heard what you've done. Friend, don't forget what God has already done in your life. We, We have no reason to cower in fear because we know what God has already done. We've seen what He's capable of. As soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit Left in any man because of you. I love this. (laughs) For your God is God. Your God is God. The Lord your God. He is God in the heavens above and in the earth beneath. Your God is God. I've told you, 10 of the 12 spies Moses sent into the land 40 years earlier died without knowing that the people had already surrendered. They said, we can't do it. Maybe not, but God can. She heard the word, and she believed. How sad is it that so many today hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They hear that Jesus loves them, that Jesus died for them, That he offers salvation freely to all who will come to him in faith. And yet they reject the gospel. They refuse to believe. He that heareth my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life. And will never come into condemnation again. But has already passed from death unto life. I want you to notice her Scarlet Covenant. This is the cool part of the story. This, this is the reason somebody really ought to make a movie about Rahab. Maybe they have, but anyway. Now, then please swear to me. This is Rahab still speaking. Please swear to me by the name of your God that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father and mother, my brothers and her sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. The men said to her, Our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us the land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window from which you let us down, and you shall gather into your house your father and mother and brothers and all your father's household. It was a covenant of red. I like that. I, if I had time, I'd just preach the whole sermon on the covenant of red, Because in Egypt... During those ten plagues, the tenth plague was the plague of the Passover when the death angel passed over the land and the firstborn of every creature died except those who were under a covenant of red. The blood of the lamb posted on the doorpost and the lentils. When he saw the blood, he passed over them. It was a covenant of red. There is also another covenant of red. It is the cross of Jesus Christ. Where the love ran red by the blood of Jesus Christ. He shed His blood on the cross as a covenant in red for you. That if you would come to Him in faith. Confessing your sin. Confessing your inability to save yourself. And trusting in Him. He would save you from your sins. It was a covenant in red. Jesus made a covenant in red for you. Her faith led to the salvation of her entire family. What about you? Is your household a household of faith? I'm looking at some fathers in the room and if I looked into the camera and could see on the other side of the camera, I suspect there's a lot of other dads who are looking. Dad, are you a person of faith? Listen, you have no idea the impact your faith can have on your family. Will your children be saved? Will will you be together in heaven? Because you have been a man of faith and you lead your family to have faith in Jesus Christ. Moms, are you a person of faith? Are you leading your children to faith in Jesus Christ? Rahab believed God and saved her entire family from destruction by the power of her confession in God. I want you to notice her divine deliverance her divine deliverance. You go from this into the sixth chapter, verse especially verse 17, verse 22. Then, then the, to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, Go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belong to her as you swore to her. Now, I want you to think about the deliverance. First of all, go into the prostitute's house. Remember where her house is? Anybody? It's in the wall. What happened to the wall in chapters 3, 4, and 5? The wall fell down. Roger, her house is still standing. That's a miracle. That's the hand of God. God honored the covenant that the spies had made with her so that even though her house was attached to the wall, and the wall fell down, her house still stood. I, I thought about that, not only. And, and the Bible says that she was the only one. The people in that house were the only people, according to Hebrews 11, who were saved in the city of Jericho. Everybody else perished. He saved her house, and the spies saved her family that's the hand of god and that's honoring the covenant of red she was miraculously delivered i prayed every day for all of you for deliverance in this time of illness and i still pray for all of you including those of you sheltered at home on the live stream i've prayed for you every day that God would deliver us, deliver our church from this epidemic, a pandemic of virus and an epidemic of fear. I pray that God will deliver us. Your faith, my friend, will be your victory. Even when your world, the world around you, is falling down like the wall of Jericho. God can preserve you, and faith is your victory. One last thing, and I'm out of time. I want you to notice her honorable epitaph. Now, okay, it's been a bit of a hobby of mine through the years to look at Bible epitaphs. Uh, Alice, you may have to tell your kids what an epitaph is and explain uh, for those of you who don't know, that's what they write on your tombstone. Um, I, you know, in, I went to Disney World the first time, and I, I got tickled out in front of the haunted house. There was a, a a tombstone, several tombstones with funny sayings on them. I'll never forget chuckling over the one that, Here lies Dave. He chased a bear into a cave. Uh, that, okay, so that I, that's not the epitaph I want, but... But that's what an epitaph is, okay? Um, and an epitaph in the Bible is the last thing that's said about somebody in the Bible. Now, the verses say um, that in, in, the, in that passage, Rahab the prostitute in her father's household and all who belonged to her, Joshua was saved alive. And it says, she has lived in Israel to this day. Now, that was written years later when the book of Joshua was written, and you would think that's her epitaph. She's lived in Israel to this day. The problem with that is, and you might believe that if you only read the Old Testament, because she's never mentioned by name again in all the Old Testament. I'm sorry, that's one of those things of biblical trivial pursuit that I said I wouldn't get into but nevertheless mike she's never mentioned again by name in the rest of the old testament but guys she's mentioned three different times in the new testament it says of her of uh, i've already read to you matthew 1 verse 5 rahab she's listed in the lineage of david the king and this is all a part of the lineage of christ our saviour Listen, your past does not determine your future. Understand that. God can change the epitaph that might be written about you. She's mentioned again. I've already read Hebrews eleven thirty-one. 31. By faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Your faith. Can change what's written about you. You know that? The reputation you have now, the reputation you've had in the past, does not have to be your final reputation, your epitaph. Again, in James chapter 5, James chapter 2, and verse 25. It says, and in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. You see, faith that is proven by what you do, faith that demonstrates outwardly Faith that's on the inside, that's demonstrated on the outside, will give you a legacy that will endure long after you've taken your last breath. Oh, if you think about the time from when it says that she lived in the nation of Israel, never mentioned again in the Old Testament, but mentioned in the first book as we have them organized in the New Testament. She's listed in the Heroes Hall of Fame of Faith Hebrews chapter 11 and she's mentioned in the Book of Wisdom. The choice she made changed what is written about her. But now it's your time to choose. It's your time to choose whether you will trust God or not. You've heard what God can do in response to faith what choice what choice will you make may I say how will you demonstrate your faith in Jesus Christ come to Jesus doesn't matter who you are old or young young or old if you understand that you have sinned and come short of the glory of God, if you've come to realize I can't be good enough on my own to make it to heaven, you realize that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He's paid the debt. He just asks that you receive Him. Recognize Him as the Son of God. Believe that He was raised from the dead. Believe that He can save you, believe that He will save you and call on Him for salvation. He will give you a new life and a new future. Faith will make the difference. Choose Him. Choose faith. Come to Jesus now.